I wanna be on the cover of Forbes magazine, smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. Every time I close my eyes, I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah, a different city every night. Oh, I, I swear the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. Well, hello again, South Florida entrepreneurs and wantapreneurs. Welcome to Scoring Your Business, a program brought to you by Palm Beach Score. We are an organization that has been working with small business owners in Palm Beach County for over four decades. Yet, we are sometimes overlooked by entrepreneurs because of the belief that something provided free can't possibly have any value. Well, I say to you, more than 30,000 successful local small business owners who have sought the counsel of SCORE mentors would like to disagree with you. Managing a small business requires the wearing of many hats. Yes, you are the CEO, but you are also the CFO, the COO, the CIO, the sales team, and usually the one who empties the trash or mops the floor at the end of a very long day. Success rests on your shoulders and yours alone, a very heavy hat to wear. I am Penny Pompey, Palm Beach Scores Chairman, as well as being a SCORE mentor and a serial entrepreneur. If you are a small business owner, then you know that one of your biggest headaches is collecting the money you are owed by clients. Unless you are a car wash where you pay before you get washed, a business must often extend credit to a customer. If you are a business that deals primarily with other businesses, called a B2B clientele, it is a certainty that many or most of your clients will expect credit terms. And then comes the hard part, getting paid. Ask any small business owner the one thing they hate the most about entrepreneurship, and they will universally tell you it is chasing down customers to get the money they are owed. Small businesses survive on cash flow. They don't have thousands of dollars sitting in the bank waiting for a bill to pay or for a payroll to be met. Money comes in and money goes out. It is up to the small business owner to balance the two. Paydays are particularly harrowing when bank accounts are showing only a few hundred dollars but payroll is several thousand. If that long overdue customer invoice were paid, they would be fine. So, is a check in the mail, Mr. Customer? Making that dreaded phone call to try to pry payments on long overdue invoices is an event that our guest today says, make the phone weigh 2,000 pounds. No entrepreneur wants to make that call, and it's not unusual for the small business owner to time the call for noonish, hoping to get voicemail because leaving a message about a need for payment is just so much easier. Research shows that more than half of small business owners struggle with getting timely payments from their customers. Now, since small businesses account for 98.9% of all businesses in Palm Beach County, just consider the amount of time these entrepreneurs must take out of their already overwhelmingly busy days just to attempt to collect the money they are owed. 
If you talk to them, the frustration they feel about this task is evident. The customer agreed to the payment terms. The customer received the goods or services. The customer is happy, but the bill is now 60 days past due. Entrepreneurs want to work in their business, doing what they do best, and why they started the business in the first place. And that definitely does not include trying to pry money out of delinquent customers. Sadly, some small business owners become so frustrated with the constant chase for cash that they close the business. It's not fun to spend so much of your time doing a task you hate, but on which your business depends. There is a $12 trillion in outstanding consumer debt in this country, and $672 billion of that debt is at some stage of delinquency. No industry is immune to delinquent accounts, so it is incumbent on the small business owner to not take it personally when a client goes delinquent, but to understand this is a normal part of business and to have a system in place that will result in both maintaining the client relationship and getting the delinquent account paid. That's not to say that a small business owner must walk this path alone. Collection agencies have been around as long as credit has been available. Hollywood movies gave collectors a bad rap, and who can forget the melodramatic vaudevillian act of the damsel in distress crying, I can't pay the rent, while the collector villain says, you must pay the rent. Of course, she is rescued by a handsome hero who pays the rent, and the villain walks off muttering, curses foiled again. Well, that was make-believe, but this is reality. The delightful woman sitting across from me in the studio today is no villain, and she's certainly no damsel in distress. Melissa Nash is an accomplished businesswoman who founded a company that she calls a receivables management company. And in fact, her company is called Accounts Receivable Inc. She helps small businesses both develop a system for collecting money they're owed, as well as taking on the responsibility of making sure you get paid for services rendered. Welcome to the program, Melissa. We're delighted to have you with us today. Now tell us about your business. Penny, first I want to say thank you so much. It's a great pleasure to be here, and I want to thank you for such a lovely introduction. Accounts receivables, we're just like everybody else that's, that's on the radio listening today. We're a small business located in downtown West Palm Beach, Florida, and our goal and our service that we offer is to help other small business owners and or medium-sized businesses improve their cash flow. We have several ways that we can help them with consulting inside their offices, working with third-party management, doing different things, and at the end of the day, what makes us happy is when we help somebody else put the check back into their business. And that is the critical piece right there. That's that's what all small business owners want. They just want it to be easy. They don't want it to be so darn hard to to collect the money that is owed to them. I, I mean it's it's frustrating. It's just terribly frustrating. What we found is the businesses that have the best cash flow 
are have they have a program, they have a process, and they stick to the program and they stick to the process. Every business, every industry is going to be it's going to slight, differ slightly based upon their clientele, who they are, what they do. Um, but everybody who follows the program finds in most cases that they have the normal cash flow for their industry. And in the event that they do have a delinquency, it allows us to have the proper tools and or background that we can collect and recover for them in the end. So you also have a book that we're going to talk about in a minute. And I know you want to talk about it now, but we're going to wait for a second. Okay. So, so I don't think small business owners understand that when they extend credit to a customer, they are becoming a lender to that client. They're stepping in front of the client's bank. But they often don't set terms or credit limit. So what what should they be doing? When they, when they get a client, it doesn't matter what widget they're selling or what service they're providing. What should they be stating to the client before the purchase is made? They really need to have an understanding of their client and their client's business, no different than how a bank would interview you if you were going in for a line of credit loan. You need to understand who are you, how do you get paid, how are, how do you conduct your business. And when you do decide to extend credit, you need to do that through a formal credit application process. When that credit application comes in, you need to be cognizant that nobody's going to list somebody that they knowingly are going to give a bad credit of reference on. You know, so so the person that you didn't pay, or the or the or the company that you're just leaving, you know, that's not that you're not going to list them. So you have to take the the sheet of paper at face value, but you need to do a little bit of due diligence as well. If somebody's coming to you in an emergency, I have to hire you today. Take me today. Take me today. Oh, really? Well, who was performing the service? for you before me. You might want to pick up the phone and call your competitor. You may want to know what was going on in their business. But once you've done your due diligence and you've looked at their business and you've looked at the credit references, you've called those credit references, you need to determine is there a dollar amount of credit that you would extend to this person as well as a limit of time. You may say to somebody who's a very small business owner who possibly might purchase from you daily. Um, daily um, sales can go to a mechanic shop. So a mechanic shop is calling an auto parts store. The auto parts store is making deliveries three to five times a day. Well, when Miss Smith shows up to pick up her automobile, um, she's paying cash to receive her automobile. Therefore, that small business owner may only need a five-day credit line by which to buy his supplies, deposit her check, receive her credit card, let that account be funded, and then the money come back to the auto parts company. So there's different things that you need to look at industry-wide and as well as to look at the business owner and who you're doing business with. So it's not just a dollar amount that you may have to consider. It's also a time limit that you may have to consider when you're setting those guidelines. Do you find that when you talk to your small business owner clients or prospects, do you find that they, by and large, have a system in place to the collect ma- collect money? The majority of them do not. So they may have a person who's been allocated to the job, but what we find more times or not, that there's not a program or a process for doing that. So what happens is picking up the telephone and making that phone call is the least favorite task. (laughs) Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants the job. Okay, it's been assigned to me. I have to do it. I will find everything that's important other than picking up the phone to, to make that call. And they say, hey, did you get to those phone?
phone calls, no, I'm sorry, I had to pull staples out of the carpet today. I just didn't get a chance to get to that. So, you know, so many times that doesn't happen. So it, it's a very unusual person that's good at doing it. And what we find is that, believe it or not, telephone salespeople can be some of your best people on the phone for collections. But it requires hiring the right person, training the right person, and some of the things that you need to do. But you do have to have a process. And I'll bet that most of the people listening who are small business owners can relate uh, specifically to what you just said. And and the other fact that, you know, that phone, you look at that phone, you go, man, that I just can't, that that's a 2,000-pound phone right now. I'm not picking it up. I don't have the strength. And, you know, the thing is, as a business owner, the that person really does not want to make the collection calls because now they've put themselves in a different position with their client. Are they admitting that they're broke? Are they admitting that they have bad cash flow? Are they admitting? And nobody wants to look different in the eyes of your client. So I've seen business owners who will personally not take a paycheck. I've seen business owners who will write checks to put into the business to cover payroll before they would pick up the phone and work on their accounts receivables to bring it down just because they don't want want to be in that different position with their clients. And that's why if you don't have somebody that's in-house that can do it for you, I do always encourage, if you're not going to do it, if you don't have somebody to do it, please outsource it. There are companies out there that would outsource it. And just so you know, Penny, I'm raising my hand. I'm one of them. <laughs> and, of course, you're the best. Well, I'm going to say that I'm the best, you know, and the reason for that is because what we do is we really want to understand our client's business and we want to understand who their clientele is. We try to take collections and receivables from a customer service point of view. I say that you're going to learn more about your business from your AR because if a client is slow pay, um, are they unhappy with the product? Are they unhappy with the service? You know, isn't it a shame to find out that you've got a client that's shopping to replace you 45, 60 days later when you call for an accounts receivable when you might have had an opportunity to resolve an issue, maybe a conflict with an employee or a bad service issue, but you didn't address it soon enough and now they're moving on to somebody else. So we try to use AR as a, as a good customer service tool as well. Well, and I think that's very smart. Um, it, but too often, I think the customer is leaving because they can't pay the bill and they want to go find somebody else and string you out so that they can get the work done that they need done with somebody else. So you're absolutely right. So let me tell you the perfect business solution answer to that. Penny, I want to thank you so much for being honest with me that your issue is lack of cash flow. What I'd like to do is instead of your taking your future business and giving it to my competitor while I remain your bank, I'd like for you to give me your future business and I can still remain your bank. I'm going to put you on COD for today and so all current stuff that we're going to do and we're going to put you on a payment plan for the past. So it's really not fair to the business who's carrying the accounts receivable to also lose the future business. So we try to right. work with businesses so that they can maintain that customer relation and that loyalty can really weigh out in the long run. I, and I've seen that. That's a great solution. Uh, Melissa, you were talking about um, in some of your writings, which are numerous, by the way, lots of information about you on the web. You, you are an easy research project, so thank you for that. Um, you talk about an, uh, making an ROI call. And to me, ROI has always been return on investment, but you name it something else. Why don't you tell us about that? 
Yes, so we refer to an ROI call as a receipt of invoice. Based upon your business industry and what you are, I suggest that the earliest that you can and should make a phone call is approximately day seven. So on day seven, it's really a bookkeeper to bookkeeper call where someone from your organization is calling your client company. And it's simple. Hi, how are you? My name is Melissa. I'm calling to see if you're in receipt of our invoice. What you need to know is that they've received it, it's approved, and it's in line for payment. If there's any kind of an issue, let's say the bookkeeper goes, no, I didn't get it. You need to know that because the number one excuse for, for failure to pay on time is, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have your invoice. Yeah, but you, I mean, clearly they do. And so, you know, the reaction is going to be, yes, I sent it to you, special delivery on Three days, uh, three weeks ago. You know, Penny, I'm going to say thank you for saying that because what I teach my clients is when they say, it, it, when when the client says, no, we didn't get it, we go, okay, great. I'm going to send it to you right now. What's your email address? And I'm going to stay with you on the line so that you can confirm with me that you've got it. So we Ooh, That's nasty. No, it's not. What we do is we don't want to be confrontational. We want to be kind. Oh, here, let me help you. Let me make it easy for you. And then we'll follow up with them again a week later to make sure that the proper authorities that needed to sign off on that invoice have done so and that it's in line for their payment. So one industry that we work in is construction. So with construction, you'll have a lot of subcontractors who are taking their invoices and they're sending to the general contractor. The general contractor is probably on a pay app and he's on a payment schedule. So their, their incoming bookkeeping department will say to all subcontractors, I need all of your paperwork. I need all of your lien releases. I need all of the different things, pieces that we need to have by a certain date. So once you submit those things by a certain date, now if you're the subcontractor and you miss that date by even one day, you may be delaying on another 30 days before you get onto a payout. So that's why we encourage our clients to make sure you know your clients, who you're doing business with, what are their processes and procedures, and we may have to work within their timeframes. So the idea is to uh, proactively work to rid ourselves of the things that become the common excuses. The number two excuse is it's is um, number one is we didn't get it, and number two is it's not approved. So you, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we want to overcome those two things right away so that we can deal with what the issues are. Maybe we need to talk to a project manager. So once we do those two things, at least now it can't be the, the other two things. And bookkeepers typically do not like to be in a position to lie. The money, the people who sign checks will try to tell the bookkeepers, oh, no, no, you tell them they're not going to get paid. Bookkeepers who make, you know, anywhere from 12 to $20 an hour, they don't get paid enough to fib. They don't get paid enough to get the That's harassment true. on the, on the other line. So I try to make them my best friends, you know, and if I'm not going to get paid, if I'm a small business owner and I know I'm not going to be on Friday's check run, I want to know that as early as possible so that I can make other arrangements so I can have plans. The last thing a small business owner wants to hear is you're going to be on Friday's check run and then you're not on Friday's check run. That's true, because as I said in the introduction, it's always about what, how much cash is in the bank, and as soon as it comes in, it goes right back out again. Yes. And very little trickles into the owner's pocket. That, Contrary to popular misconception, it uh, very little stays with the owner. They invest it back in the business. Um, so if, if you are, I've often heard, um, like in fundraising for a nonprofit, you can't raise money if you're desperate. So is it the same on a collections call if you're a small business owner and you, you desperately need to have the money? 
does desperation work with a client? I've got to have this money. I have to make payroll. Please help me. No. As a matter of fact, what we try to say in business is that you really need to separate um, intellect from emotion. And the intellect is that it's exactly what you said in our agreement in the introduction. We have an agreement. You agree to these terms. You agree to this condition. You agree to that this was the, the rules in which we would conduct business, you and I, and this is what needs to happen. So remove the emotion. Don't plead, you know, don't try to plead the desperation thing because it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't have a, any weight. So nobody cares what your problem is. Yeah, they really don't, you know, because on the flip side, the person that you're talking to, they probably have desperation too. And their payroll 